Um, now, now into the, the message. Remember last week, I, I preached a sermon as we're going through uh, John's gospel, and it, the, 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 the title was, uh, uh, Let's Love One Another. And I got a lot of feedback, but God's word is so faithful to speak to, to every situation that we have. And, and what, what that message taught us, and really the word of God, what it, what it taught us, was that, uh, that God's love should be championed in the local church. And it's not always easy to do. Amen? We, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us to love each other. And, uh, and so God wants us to know that when you do, you will prove to the world, those that are not walking with Jesus, that, this, that, that Jesus is, is real. Because only God can produce real love. Amen? But there will always be challenges in the church, in the, in the, in the local church, in the ecclesia, in the people of God, that will try to, uh, to keep us away from, from loving one another. And, and I know that to be true. As, as hard as we try, uh, there may be someone in our lives that is hard to love. Right? Not anyone in first service, but second service, they really struggle with that. We know that. Um, no, but the reality is, is it's all of us. We have that struggle to sometimes love people that maybe don't have the same personality that we do or maybe the same interest and all those different things. And God has made every person unique. And the differences actually make us better. Amen? And then I always think about this. Not only do we struggle with, with people that we have a hard time loving, but people may have a hard time loving, and it's hard to believe this, hard time loving us. We may be that person for someone else. But we talked about it last week, and if you weren't here, I would strongly encourage you to, to go online and watch the message uh, online uh, because it, it, it's going to help you to, to where we're headed today. Um, you can't know true love until you know the opposite of that, true hate. Did you know that? You can never know love without knowing what hate is. Just like you can never know good until you know evil. Are you, are you with me? When, when you've seen evil, you understand we need good. When you've, when you've lived in evil, you understand that you need God, who is good. And, and, and it's the same with every kind of, even the elements. You don't understand cold until you've had hot. And if you live in Arizona, we've had enough cold. We're ready for some hot. Amen. I mean, the snow is pretty and all that, but if you live in Arizona, that's not why we moved here. We moved here for the sun. And when you come to church, why do you come to church? For the sun, S-O-N, instead of the S-U-N. So, so we, we begin to understand that. Now, now we're going to go to the narrative, and we're going to read, in, again, in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. A lot has been happening in, in this chapter. He said in the, in the very beginning, abide in me or remain in me, because apart from me you can do nothing. So that teaches us that if we remain in Christ, if we abide in Christ... We'll be able to walk in the love of God. We'll be able to operate uh, our lives in the love of God. We'll actually be able to live out forgiveness. 
Amen? Instead of, instead of uh, bitterness and hostility and enmity in the church, and this is important, this is practice for us, for the world to see that it's real. So there, there's going to be offenses that will try to creep up, but we should walk in forgiveness and love. And when we remain in Christ, we're able to operate in that manner. It becomes real. And people see a difference. So, you know, he goes on into that, just uh, love one another. And then we get here, verse 18. And, and then he says this, and this is vital. He said, if the world hates you, he just talked about love. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. It's Jesus, okay? The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it. But you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world so it, it dislikes you. No, it doesn't say that. So it will, the world hates you. How many of you have ever heard that before? A lot of us maybe never, never have, have known that, that, that the world actually will, will hate a follower of Christ. Verse 20, do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. Now, when Jesus did tell them that a, that a slave is not greater than the master was when he washed the disciples' feet. In John 13, and, and John 13 starts out by, by, by the word saying Jesus loved his disciples and he loved them to the, to the end. And then he, 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 took a, he, took a, uh, he girded himself, he, he took a wash basin and he washed the feet, which was the lowest, the lowest job of any servant of a household. He took the place of the lowest servant and washed their feet, exemplifying the love of God. And who he is. So now he goes back to this and he says, you know, do you remember I told you a slave is not greater than the master? Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. That's beautiful right there because, see, naturally that's what we do. But supernaturally we walk in the love of God. We need the supernatural power of God. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me for they have rejected the one who sent me. So not only do they reject Jesus, but they reject the Father, is what he's saying. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. And he's talking about the, 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 the Jews in his time, the Israelites, where he spoke the, the word of God to and who he showed himself to be true because of the miraculous signs that he did. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among, him, among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills what is written in the scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the advocate. Here, here he comes again. The spirit of truth, he will come to you from the Father and he will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have, seen, you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. Now he's talking to his apostles and every one of his apostles, every one of those disciples had been with him from the beginning and that kind of sealed their apostleship. 
They knew Jesus. They had walked with Jesus. They had seen what Jesus had done. They had, they had witnessed his words and progressively would be changed into followers that would have courage when persecution came at them. And that persecution that would come at them will come at us as well as a follower of Christ. So I've got some takeaways that I think are gonna help you for your week when it comes to why are people hating me? And the title is, Haters Gonna Hate, Love Them Anyways. You're gonna have your haters. Here's the first takeaway. We should expect it. We don't like it, but we should expect it. It should not be surprising to you when people who don't walk with God have a hard time with your, with your faith. You need to know that it's not you that they are at odds with. It's him who dwells in you. Jesus teaches us that. And we got to go to his word. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first, he tells his disciples. The world will love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it, it, it will hate you. The, the ways of the world are contrary to the ways of God. I'm going to give you an example from my own life. When I walked in the world, the people that I walked with, uh, they, they loved me, per se, we hung out, we did the same things, we, 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 we walked contrary to the things of God. And when I came to faith in Jesus, those people all left. Because the walk that I was living, or the, the life that I was living when I started walking with Jesus was so foreign to the, to the life that I lived before Christ. And, and so people were just, uh, they, they were just in awe of number one, what had happened to me. In fact, at, at that time, I would have people, my close friends, my closest friends and, and family would call me up and say, what, what has happened to you? What's going on with you? And, and I was just, I, I, I was privileged this, this past week because I was called by uh, my, one of my relatives to go do a, a funeral service for my, for my dad's brother, my uncle. And, and so I went to Las Vegas, Nevada. I flew there on Wednesday, Sean and I, and we went to, to do this service. Now, this is a very important service to me because it, it actually speaks to my, my, my transformation. Because my uncle's daughter, his eldest daughter, her name was Gay Lynn. And, uh, and my uncle and my aunt, they, they love their kids. In fact, when you talk to my, to my uncle, when I say, Uncle, how's, how's Gay Lynn doing? Oh, mio, she's the most beautiful girl in Nevada. <laughs> well, how's Glenda? Oh, mijo, mijo, she, she's the greatest singer in the state of Nevada. Well, how's Petey doing? How, how's, Pete, how's Pete Jr.? Oh, mijo, let me tell you that he's the best football player in, the, in Las Vegas. Nobody better than him. How's Gordon doing? Oh, Gordon, oh, he's in college now. I mean, he plays football. He's the best in, in college. 
And, and so the last time that I was with, with you know, my salvation experience, I, I was with Gaylin, who's the oldest uh, daughter, and, and, and we, were, we were together. And I've said this story, so if you've heard it, just, just bear with me because it's important to the narrative here. Uh, so we were in Lordsburg, New Mexico, of all places. Does anything good come out of Lordsburg? So that's where I was born and raised, and, and so they came from Las Vegas, and we were hanging out, and I remember we were, we were partying hard. I just, I didn't, I didn't, I walked contrary to God, and we had a lot of beer in the back, and she went into the, she went into the store, and when she walked into the store, she, uh, uh, this, this person that I had never seen in my life came to the, the, my car and the driver's side where I was driving, and he knocked on the window my driver's side window, and, and, and he, he wanted to talk to me. And when he started talking to me, he said, uh, he said I just want you to know that, that, that Jesus Christ has a great plan for your life. And he started talking to me about these things about God, and I, and I had this feeling come over me like, what is this? This is, this is pretty awesome. And I just was kind of nodding with him. And I'll never forget, my cousin opened the door, and she came in, and she heard him say Jesus. And she said, what are you doing? What are, what are you saying? And she told her, don't you know that we are from this certain denomination? And I'll just say, don't you know we're Catholic? We don't want to hear you. And he said, it's not about being Catholic or being Baptist or being Mormon or anything. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he's got a wonderful plan for your life. So that's, that's, I heard her. I looked up to her. She was six years older than me. You know, she was the most popular person in in Las Vegas, Nevada. So (laughs) my uncle said that. I had to go along with that. So I said, yeah, I can't listen to you. I got to listen to the most popular person, most beautiful person in Nevada. And so, so we drove off, and, she, and I'll never forget driving off, and, and she tells me as we're driving off, when anyone, and when anyone talks to you about Jesus, you need to just tell them you're Catholic. Oh, okay, give me a beer. Okay, so we start. <laughs> well, she loved me, Right? And so when, 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 when I actually came to the place where I was at the end of, my, of myself in my life and, and I, was, I was so full of, of um, I was just so lost that I cried out to God and I said, God, if you're with me, this is much later after that, 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 that event that happened. I said, God, uh, uh, if you're real, will you show me and I'll follow you from this day forward. And, and God showed up in my life through Jesus, and people started talking to me about Jesus, and I gave my life to Christ. And after that, first thing that I remember, he showed me, do you remember when I sent that young man to you when you were with Galen? And it was just as, as, as clear as day, that vision that I, that, I, that I remember him sending one of his messengers to share the gospel. But when I gave my life to Christ at that moment, everyone that I thought was near and dear to me left me because I walked in the world and now I was walking with Jesus. And I had peace that, 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 that you, you could not, I had never had peace like, like that before. And you know, if you walk with Jesus, you know what that peace is like, amen? It's real peace. It's not like, like anything the world can, can give to you. So, so there was a, a change. Well, well Gay Lynn passed away four years after I gave my life to Jesus. And my best friend, who I, you know, who I had grown up with, and we, we, again, we partied together, he had just, he said, dude, you're just like out there. But we made a trip together because he was married to another relative 
of, of, of ours. And, and we went to Las Vegas. And that weekend, Robert Gandara gave his life to Jesus at that funeral, at that funeral Galen's funeral. And he completely changed Completely, there's so much to this story, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into everything because it, it'll take us an hour. Uh, but God transformed his life, and, and, and he became one of, one of us. And he said to me, I'll never forget this, he said, uh, do I need to leave the Catholic Church? And I said, no, I don't want you to leave the Catholic Church. I said, you be the light of God in the Catholic Church, or in the Baptist Church, or wherever you go. You be the light of Christ, wherever you go. And God began to move through Robert and Cynthia to the point that he was, he was ministering to, to thousands of people after a while. And God just moved mightily. Now, now my uncle has, he passed away and I go back to do, they asked me to do the service. And I go in this field, this, this funeral home is filled with people from all kinds of walks of life. And there's, you know, people that are, you know, heterosexual, there's people that are homosexual, there's a lot of different, different, just all walks of life that are there. And I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ and how God can change your life. And half of that, half of the people that were there, and I'm talking about same sex to, to heterosexual, whoever it is, they all raise their hand and they say, we need Jesus Christ as our savior. But there's a big difference between those that walk with God and those that walk in the world. And, and you need to know that. You need to expect that, that when we walk in the world, that, that, that there, there, it's going to come with them being uncomfortable with the way that you live your life. Are you with me? So, so Jesus talking to his disciples, he said, don't be surprised when the world hates you. And let me tell you, uh, the, you that are here first service, what's a good indicator that you are walking with Jesus? When your life makes people around you uncomfortable with the way that they're living their lives, it's a wonderful gauge of where your walk is with God. In fact, the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, he said this, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You know what everyone means in that, in that, in that verse? Everyone. <laughs> if you choose to live a godly life in Christ, you will be persecuted. And when you, when you make a decision to follow Jesus and make him the, the curios, the Lord of your life, it will make people uncomfortable. I have, a great, I have another great example just from my own life. Every week something happens in our lives that testify to whether we're walking in this or we're walking contrary to it. Amen? And if we're walking contrary to it, what do we do? We confess our sins and we say, Lord God, forgive me. And he's faithful to forgive us of our, of our, of our wrongdoings and restore us. Amen. That's a beautiful thing about Jesus. But if we're walking in the, in the attributes of Christ, then what, what you'll see is that, that the same things that he's talking to us about, 
are going to happen in our lives. So we get ready to do this service. And, and, and my, 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 my cousin is, is, uh, is with uh, a wonderful lady. And, and uh, so they invite us. And me and Petey, we, we, we grew up not together because they were in Las Vegas. But when we got together, we were just close. We were tight, right? And so he said, bro, I want you to stay with us. And I said, I'd love to. They got a beautiful home there. And um, I think in the Red Rock area there. If you're from Vegas, you know what I'm talking about. Beautiful, beautiful place where all the hiking trails and everything are at. And so we go up there, and, uh, and, but before we get there, he says, um, he says, bro, I got to tell you, she's really nervous about you guys coming. <laughs> Why? She's, well, he says, he says to me, well, well she's, she's, she's a Buddhist, and, and uh, so, you know, she, you're, you're a preacher, and so you're coming, and she's kind of like, eesh. So she was, she was really, and it's true, she was. And when we, when, we, when we met, and I just believe this, I believe that where the Lord sends us, that we bring good things. Not because of us, but because of God. And we don't have to be intimidated or we don't have to be uh, apprehensive because Jesus, everywhere he went, he made a difference. And everywhere the, the, the Apostle Paul and everywhere that the, that the disciples went, they made a difference for the glory of God. So, so we hit it off and, and we were able to talk about the Lord to the point that when we first got there, you know, we were listening to 80s rock and she picked us up you know, in, her, in her nice, beautiful, beautiful car in her Beamer and, and picked, us, picked us up. And so we were like, woohoo, this is nice. But by the end of, the, but by the, end of the, 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 the two days that we were with them, she had changed her station to Christian music. And I'm saying, and this is this is kind of a God thing, right? So I'm sitting in the back, and I'm like, Lord, only you do things like this. And I'm kind of, chill. I said, man, that's a great station. And then my cousin said, Oh yeah, she's trying to impress you guys. <laughs> so Teresa, if you're watching today, just thank you so much for doing that for us. Um, but but Jesus, you know, he 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 really speaks to us truth about how it's going to be in our, in our life when we walk with him. He, he speaks to the reality that, that not everyone is going to be happy with you, especially the ones that are walking in the world that don't know him. And it's not that they don't want to be uh, happy with you. It's that there's an, there's an enemy that wants to, wants to dis- keep them from the greatest thing that could happen to them, which is faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you go on in the narrative, in John 17, he prays a prayer. Jesus prayed this prayer. It's called the high priestly prayer. Now, let's listen to his prayer so that you can understand what, 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 what we face in this world. He said, he said to the Father, now I'm departing from the world, but they are staying in the world. He's talking about his disciples. But I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Holy Father, you have given me your name. You protect, now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. That's huge. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. Jesus, the name above all names, right? This just kind of process that. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the, the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. And that he's talking about Judas, right? Now I am coming to you. I told them, his disciples, many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my, say it with me, with my what? With my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. 
Just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from who? From the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Now that's important right there. Just pause real quick. Jesus telling the Father, praying to the Father, saying they don't, they don't belong to the world just like I don't, but he speaks to me to say I cannot try to conform myself to this world. I need to be transformed from this world by the renewing of God's word. Amen? Amen. There, there's got to be something that happens, and it cannot be done by, by us. It's done by the Holy Spirit, Right? I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And just as you sent me into this world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Man, that's good. It, it tells us that, that our holiness is not ours, it's his. That he imputed to us when he died on the cross and because of what he did, that we can walk in the righteousness of God. Not by our own doing, but by his doing, by his merit. It teaches us that, that Jesus prays constantly for us to be pulled away to be protected from the evil one who's trying to destroy the lives of every person. But he really wants to keep people from faith. He wants to keep people from Jesus. He wants to steal. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. And he wants for his people to be in unity. First of all, in union with, with, with God. We, we, we were brought into the, to the family of God. We're adopted through what Jesus has done. And we're brought into the, the family of God. So we become one with God. We're not God. Know that. But we become one in unity. And everywhere we go, God goes with us. Because he lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? And it's a game changer for, for your life. It's a game changer for every believer because we're united to God. But because you're united to God, the world does not understand it and they have a real hard time. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but the world is trying to take God out of this world. They're trying to take God out of the universities. They're trying to take anything that has to do with Jesus out and so he will always always protect us but you will always see that the world will have a hard time when you walk with Jesus I, I love what he says in verse 14 through 17 I want to read that again because it's important he says I've given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to this to the world just as I don't belong to the world, and I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And, and, and if, you're, if you're new with us, uh, this year, our whole, our whole uh, premise, our whole focal point is walking in the truth of God and God's word. Because there's so much 
There's so much distortion to truth in our world. You, there's so much that's coming at the truth that we find in Jesus. And something happens when you become born again. You're born from above. But you have to safeguard yourself from looking for love in all the wrong places. Someone needs to hear that. We need to safeguard ourselves from looking for love in all the wrong places. That's, that's my, my next takeaway. Haters are going to hate. You love them anyways, but don't look for love in all the wrong places. You're not going to find God's love in the world. Jesus never looked to the world for love. He looked to the Father. Amen? He, he brought the love of God to a loveless world. Let's pull out, extract what he said. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. If they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will, they will do all this to you because of me. For they have rejected the one who sent me. So many people in the world reject Jesus. The, the Bible tells us many are called, but few are chosen. I, I like to look at it like many are called, but few will answer. God doesn't want anyone to perish. But that all men and women will come to faith in Jesus. But it, it, also, it also teaches me that, that uh, I need to safeguard myself from trying to find my self-worth in the world, my popularity from the world, or my identity from the sources of the, of, of the world. And let me tell you something. Many a great pastor has fallen because they got their identity from the world. They got their popularity, by, you know, they, they got the, their, their self-esteem by how popular they were. And that's dangerous. It, it's, it's so dangerous. I, I have, in, in my own self, I have this, this outside of Christ, I have this people-pleasing character. To the point that if someone says something to me and it's, and it's negative, I, I just take it and I'm like, I, I beat myself up, I do all kinds of things. Outside of Christ, that's who I was. But in Christ, I get my identity from him. That it doesn't matter what people say that I'm loved by God. Are you with me? And, and I understand some very important things. You know, some people say, Pastor James, see, my identity is not even in a pastor. I'm a child of God who is loved by my heavenly father who has been called to pastor. But my identity is not as a pastor. If I'm a pastor or not, I'm still loved by God. You need to, you need to know that for yourself. What the, world, what the world will infuse on you, what the world will try to label you with is not the label that God has placed on you. Your label is that you're a child of God who's been loved by God and you've been set apart to do great things for his glory. We don't find our self-worth in how many friends we have or don't have. And social media feeds that. I'll be talking to people next service, and I know a lot of them that are on, on social media. They, they're fed by how many friends like their posts. 
And how many friends don't? Are those your friends? How, how many people like your, your, your reels? And how about the, the, the labels that, that people put on you? You know, people don't like me or, or they do like me because I'm, I'm a Mexican or I'm white or I'm African-American or I'm Jewish. And, and, and so we will do a disservice if we don't deal with those things as well. Amen. Because doesn't the world deal with that? I mean, we have whole, whole entities that are built on this ethnicity matters. But if you're a child of God, you understand that everyone matters. And God doesn't see color. Or the only color that he sees is red. The blood of Christ that cleanses us from all our, our unrighteousness. Are you with me? And he doesn't see Jew nor Gentile. But we all have become one in the family of the living God. And it begins to, to change how, how we view all this. And, 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 and in Christ, you, you, you begin to understand that, that he puts people together. That's why I love churches like ours, where we have diversity. Amen? We, all, we, we, we come from different social classes. We might not all vote the same. Thank the Lord for that. We, we might not all, all uh, you know, belong to the same affiliation, but there's one thing that, that brings us together, and that's Jesus Christ. And every single one of us, beloved, every single one of us has been called out of the world. That's what the ecclesia is, the, the iglesia, the, the church. We've been called out of the world into the family, the royal family of God. And every person in here matters. And we're all fighting this war of faith. We're all walking, and, we're, we're, and there's an evil one that wants to destroy each one of us. And, and, and this, this, what, what happens is that, that the, the evil one comes in and he wants to divide us by social class. He wants, that's why, to me, it's, a, it's, it's really yucky when, when people come from, a, from say you're from uh, San Manuel and all the San Manuel people hang out uh, together, or you're from uh, you know, Catalina and all the Catalina people hang out together, or you're from Saddlebrook Ranch and all the Saddlebrook Ranch uh, kind of uh, uh, come together, and, and it should not be that way. We should all love each other. Amen? Amen? And you should be meeting new people all the time, and you should be loving people all the time, because we all came out of the, of the world, and now we're walking in the light and the love of God. So, so may Living Word Chapel never be that place where, where we don't love each other the way that God loves us. And that we show the world just how amazing he is. But, but we also understand that, 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 the, that, that our identity and, and who we are, we're going to find the truth in Christ. John, writing in, in, in his first epistle, he put this, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, he said, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. And that's a big temptation. The world offers us a lot. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything that we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God 
will live forever. And I find this to be true every time I do a funeral, every time I do a memorial service. I, I said the same thing at, at my uncle's service and I say at every service. My uncle came into this world with nothing and he leaves this world with nothing. And so the, the dot, 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 the dash in between your, your birth date and your death date, all these things that we acquire, we don't take anything with you. The only thing you'll take with you are the people that you brought to Jesus. And God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You can't love God and love the things of this world. It will never happen because your allegiance will go to either one. And and, and I've actually had someone tell me what I'm about to say. It's like someone coming to you, and I've done done counseling with, with, with men that have, that have uh, had an affair and, and they come to me and they tell me, uh, I'm in love with two women. I said, you can't. You're going to give one and you're going to take away from another. And I, uh, how, how can, what would your wife say right now when you say, I love two women? Think about that. Let's think about the logic right there. I'm talking to, to everyone that's listening. How can we say we love the world and we love God? One is going to pull away from us, from, from the other. Are you with me? And so the more, you, the more you give your allegiance to God, the less you love the world. The, the less you will love popularity in the world's estimation, the less that you will love possessions. You know, possessions, they're here for us. You know, whether you, whether you live in a mansion or, or you live in a, in a hut, can I tell you, that's not what makes a home. Family and the good things of God is what makes a home. You know, I would rather be in a home that's not a mansion with someone giving me tortillas and enchiladas, you know, and, and loving on me than to be in a home where, where, where everything is all prissy and everything is all that and, and, and there's, there's, no, there's no love. Are you with me? And so God teaches us what's really important. He teaches us what, what we really need to look at and, and the world's ways are, are, are so contrary to that. How do we think God feels when we choose physical pleasure over walking in his love and self-control? Or, or, or never giving him the glory for what we've done? You think it's you. See, I resist the temptation when people tell me, you know, pastor, I mean, this, you're so wonderful. You're, you, you know, when you, when you, and it happens every once in a while, just let me tell you. But when, when they say, oh, pastor, you know, the, the, the word that you spoke was amazing. And, and I resist that temptation because when I speak good, let me tell you, it's because of God. And when I speak bad, you know, God is still in it. Are you with me? Whether we're good or we're bad, let God receive the glory. And so, so the world will, will, will make everything about, about you. It, it, you. You'll never be satisfied with what you have. You want more and more and more. And that's why the world hates Jesus. Because he came and taught us how to overcome the temptations that the world tries to conform us with. And everything he did, he did it for the glory of the Father. And that's so contrary to the way that we live our lives without him. So here, here's my last takeaway, and then we'll, we'll begin to close. Haters, they're going to hate. You love them anyway, and you keep repping 
you keep represent, representing Jesus. Are you with me? You keep representing Jesus. And God will empower you to do this. Look how he finishes his, his, his conversation with him in verse 26. I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, and he will come to you from the Father and he will testify all about me. He'll confirm. He's talking to his, his, his disciples that were with him. He's going to confirm everything that I have spoken to you and he's going to make sure you remember my word. He's going to testify. The greatest things that, that, that I ever say and have ever said have been because of the goodness of God speaking in and through me. It's the Holy Spirit testifying and working in hearts. And then he, verse 27, and, and you must testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. He's telling his apostles, he's saying, you will be powerful to be able to change this world because of me. Don't quit talking. Don't quit preaching. Don't quit healing. Don't quit making a difference in people's lives. Even when the world hates you, even, even when they come against you, do not stop. Do you know how many days, how many Mondays Pastor James has spent being beat up by the devil because of all kinds of things that, that he wants to work in me? You said this, you did this, this and that. And after Sundays when you, when you give and you pour and, you, and you're just pouring the, the love of God on and, and, and Mondays come and the devil's waiting for, to, to just beat us up. Let me tell you, when you do great things for God and you, all of you guys in here have the potential to do great things for God. When you do great things for God, the enemy is going to try his hardest to make you stop. He wants you to quit. He doesn't want for you to testify of the goodness of God. He wants you to get isolated. He wants for you to, 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 to quit making a difference in people's lives. I mean, he will, there, will be, there will be traffic jams that will pre, try to prevent you from going and speaking at a woman's conference. We had some, some, that happened to someone this week. But God has a way of navigating us and making there, even if you miss lunch, you're able to share the word. Are you with me? There, there, there's someone, there's someone in your, in your, in your peers, in your, in your uh, circle of influence right now who's so needy of Jesus. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget when I went to, to, to uh, college, a secular college after they shut the mine down. And there was this lady that was the, the cultural anthropology professor. Wonderful. She always had a smile on her face. She looked like everything, she had everything going on. She, she, everything was fine. And I'll never forget that, that, that one of the, the, the students there came to me and, and she came to this church and she said, uh, she said I had this, this dream that, that Miss Wilson, that, that she struggles with suicide. I just got this thought of suicide. And I said, Really? I said, well, well, we'll start praying for her. And so I finished my degree there at Central Arizona College, and, I, and they asked me to do the commencement speech, of all things. And I shared the love of Jesus with everybody. And she came to me afterwards, and she said, I want to go to, the, I want to, go to that church. I want to go there. So she started coming to the church, and about four months into it, 
my wife and I were taking her through some, through some steps of counseling. And she began to say, I need, I need help. And in those steps, she said to me uh, and my wife, to Shauna, she said, I have struggled with suicide for more than five years. And every day I have to make a conscious decision not to take my life. You see, why do we testify of the goodness of God? Because people need Jesus Christ. And you may be in here and you've never said yes to Jesus. And you may be struggling with with some internal things on your own. You don't have to try to win the battle alone. There's someone that wants it for you and his name is Jesus Christ. And you may be watching online right now and I'm, I'm going to, I'm gonna say a prayer for you to invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, but, but it's going to take for you to, 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 to put your pride aside. It's going to take you to put your fears aside and to come to, to, to God and say, I need you in my life. And he will change you from this day forward. It's simple prayer. Let's pray it together. God, I need you in my life. I am tired of trying to live my life on my own. And today I admit, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I fall short, Lord, in many areas in my life. But I believe today that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I believe that Jesus went to the cross at Calvary for all of my sins. And I also believe that he he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. So today I confess Jesus as my Lord, and I make him my Savior And I choose to follow him from this day forward. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now look at me real quick. Now if you prayed that prayer today, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I'm praying that prayer. Yeah. I'm praying that prayer and I'm just giving Jesus my life. And it's the most beautiful thing that you could ever do to start your walk with Jesus Christ. And expect something that the world might hate you, but God never won't. God never will. Amen. He'll love you to the end. So let's stand up and let's worship our king. He's worthy of it.